Welcome to the Plant and Root Podcast, where we seek to encourage independent Baptist leaders as they labor to start and strengthen churches. I'm Jaron McFarland, and I'm joined today by my good friends, Chad Colburn and Michael Britt. I pastor the Oxford Baptist Church in Oxford, Maine. Pastor Chad is the pastor of the South Liberty Baptist Church, and Michael Britt is the pastor of the Topsom Baptist Church. Hello there. Welcome, men. Hello. 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 So today our topic is going to be basically keeping the main thing the main thing. If you look at what Peter said in Second Peter, he said, I, I hope to stir up your minds, I hope to, by putting you in remembrance of some things that you already knew. Hmm. Obviously, if you're endeavoring to plant uh, an independent Baptist church, um, you're, you're going to understand that the main thing is soul winning. But just as an airplane can get blown off course little by little by little and need to course correct and course correct and course correct so that it can stay online, uh, you may be out there sitting and listening today and consider that you might need to be doing some course correcting from where you first started, when you had the passion for mm. souls, when you mm. had the burden for souls, where the passion for souls is what drove you to step out on faith and pick your family up and move them to a town where you knew nobody. Why? Because of your passion for the lost and dying world. And then you get there, and you can get settled in, and you can begin so much focusing on on programs and all of your energies being diverted to other things rather than the passion which took you there mm. or should have taken you there. Yeah. So the idea is to stir up your minds by putting you in remembrance of the thing which called you to the town where you are. And that would hopefully be the passion for the lost and dying world. So the topic today, men, is keeping the main thing, the main thing, staying focused on the souls of man. So Mike, you want to jump in there and help us? Sure. I I think this topic is more needful than maybe uh, somebody might be listening and say, all right, keeping the main thing, the main thing. I've heard about four sermons on this in the sure. last you know six months. Uh, it's a trite phrase. Um, and I think because of that, people tend to dismiss the content. Right. But the way you describe it is... Um, well, we don't ever want to be known as those who left our first love. No. Um, not doctrinally, of course, but also not from a heart of passion. Right. And we, however you want to use the word, catechize, uh, 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 teach, whatever, we instruct our children, what is the chief end of man? Question number one. Right. In a, in a modern or ancient Christian catechism is to honor God right. and enjoy him completely. That's right. That is the chief end of man. Yeah. For the church planner. How does he accomplish the honoring and glorification of God? How does what's the fuel behind that engine? Um, I would say for the church planner, it is to win lost soul and disciple the souls that the Holy Ghost through him has converted. Right. It's interesting you mention the first passions because when I took the Topson Baptist Church, I arrived reluctantly. I didn't take the church reluctantly, but I was asked to uh, preach there and kind of. Uh, shadow candidate i wasn't really candidating but you know everybody there knew i was candidating in fact somebody uh i remember him his name was what well, i'll protect his i'll protect his identity but he walked up and um precious man um developmentally disabled and he walked up to me and he said are you gonna be the new pastor hmm. and i said no i'm just preaching i'm just preaching sure and then i was asked to come back and candidate and i did um but i guess the whole idea was i didn't really want to go Mm-hmm. And then in the Sunday evening meeting, I asked if I could come back for the Sunday evening meeting. I was preaching on Sunday morning. I came back Sunday evening. 
and um, my heart broke for the mm. people. I didn't, for lack of a better term, take that church or begin to pastor that church or shepherd that flock with a passion for the lost. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's something I needed to have had more. Maybe it's something I need more. Mm-hmm. My passion was for that flock. And I'm the kind of person who, in some ways, I'm very alpha. Not in every way, but in some ways, I'm very alpha. I need to get it done. If nobody else is going to do it, I'm going to do it. I don't mm-hmm. ask for help. I should ask for help. Um, I'm doing a lot of things in the church that I should be bold enough to ask people to help me do. And evangelization, me and another man in the church, as far as a regular weekly, you know, going out and outreach meeting at a time, is, is we're the only ones to do it. That doesn't throw anybody else under the bus. That's not the only way to evangelize. We talked about that before. Mm-hmm. But I guess my point is um, teaching the flock to evangelize and go out to the highways and hedges and compel them to come in. That's my largest passion. It's not just doing it myself. Mm-hmm. It's to help my flock understand the importance of self-perpetuation of a local church. Mm-hmm. We're getting older. I'm getting older. Everybody's getting older. And yeah, some churches manage to repopulate themselves by having more kids. <laughs> but this is Maine, and that is one of the cultural differences we talked about in the last episode. You've got to perpetuate a church. Not that we win souls to do that, mm-hmm. but when you think of a church as more than just a corporation, but rather a body of believers in a local place, we need to be more passionate about self-sustaining by winning more souls right. and enhancing the kingdom of God. And discipling. Okay. Yeah, exactly right. And discipling them to do the they same go, thing. They go hand in hand. Correct. Yep. Correct. They must. Okay. Chadwick? Well, as I was thinking about this and listening to what you, you both you know, Jerry and Mike have to say, um, I was just thinking how important it is to maintain this in every season of life. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, because Paul writes to Timothy in Second Timothy chapter four, he says, Preach the word, be instant in season, out of season. And it's just it is amazing how many seasons there are in life. Yeah. And how we were having a conversation on the ride down and uh, Jaron, you and I were as we were talking about just life and how there's there's just you know the desire to get organized in an area, right? You know, yeah. and then you get organized in that area, and there's two other areas yeah, you've got to now yeah. reorganize yeah. and reconstitute and yeah. re whatever, and then it's like oh yeah, and we've got to run eight miles tomorrow morning, yeah. you know, and we've got to do this that and the other, and we just ate a bunch of peanut M and M's. Yes, we did. We have to run nine miles yes, tomorrow did. morning. <laughs> Just the need for us to be able to keep people uh, before us and and as the reason why we do what we do in their souls. And, and be they lost or saved, you know, the right. needs are different, right? If they're lost, it's a gospel purpose. And I think if we are, if we will see things not optimistic or pessimistic, but realistically, there are people in our in our meeting houses that come that maybe have been coming and attending for years yeah. that are still lost. Mm. And you can't give up on yeah. on that and give up on them and God working in their hearts. So we've still got to preach. You know, I've been at South Liberty for going on seven years, and there was a season in which I thought, man, they've heard the gospel. All these people have heard the gospel. Yeah. They know what it means to be saved. So let's transition to something. No, 
no, they still need to hear the gospel. How frequently do they need to hear the gospel? I mean, there's some that say, I'm like Spurgeon. I want to make a beeline to the cross every time. And then there's others that say, this is my flock. They're here on the assumption that they are believers. Do you give an altar call every time? Do you evangelize every week? Practically speaking, practically speaking, um, on a Sunday morning, I make sure to uh, meaningfully incorporate the gospel into my message. And, and you have to do that deliberately. 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 I mean, um, I never want to tack on in the end, and by the way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, because um, that tells the people that are listening, okay, so this is an add-in. You know, this is an add-in part. This isn't um, the fulcrum of the message. And so every Sunday morning, um, there is a, there's a gospel call. But, you know, there are, our Wednesday night format is, is maybe different <clears throat> than some others. Um, we have Bible study groups, and those that come, they sit down around a table with their Bibles uh, open, and we're studying a book, we're studying a subject, and there is not the same kind of gospel call. Right. There's not. Right. Um, but seasons, Right. Maybe I should maybe I should be rethinking that, you know, whether it's in season or out of season, making sure that we are faithfully concerned about people. Practically speaking, I just wanted to throw this in here. I heard an older pastor mention that he in, in some people have prayer lists or they have a different means of, of the point is pray for your people. That's yeah. a way in which we keep the main thing, yeah. the main thing. Yeah. But he suggested using a ring with cards that have holes punched in them and he places the names of his people on those cards and he just as if you're in college studying for vocab or greek vocab or hebrew vocab he flips through those cards and prays for people that that way as he walks Mm. um and so my thoughts are at all seasons of life and ministry we need to be concerned Mm -hmm. right keep the main thing the main thing but recognize that seasons can blow us off course right um maybe especially when you go through your own personal trials when you and i go through our own personal trials we tend to be inwardly focused whereas jesus would lead us to be outwardly focused Mm -hmm. in those trials right remember when uh jesus said that he must needs go through samaria and they're passing through that way oh yeah and uh they're they're there. They're hungry. Uh, Jesus sits on the well. He sends the disciples to buy meat. They go get some food. They come back. Jesus has the conversation with the woman at the well. Um, she believes in faith. She goes and gets the whole town and is bringing right. them back to Christ. Right. And during that time, the disciples are talking amongst themselves. Oh, has he eaten? Has he eaten anything? They don't want to be there. No, how come they he's not They don't want to be there. And Jesus, you know, you can almost picture like this town coming unto Jesus. And he says, look. Look, the fields are white unto harvest right, right. now. This this is what we're here. He said, but you have I have meat to eat that you know not of. And he was focused on the souls of men more than food. And so you can replace almost anything in that category of food or that 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 blank of food there and replace it with programs and replace it with um, anything. Hobbies. But the, yeah, hobbies or, mm. or even over an overabundance of rest. I know there's times and seasons for that. But you can replace that with it. And but Jesus's meat was to eat the meat that his father gave him, which was the which were 
the people that were coming unto him that they might believe. I mean, this lady said, I found Messiah. Yeah. <laughs> this has got to yeah. be him. And they wanted to know. They wanted to see. And so I have a, a dear friend of ours that that not only taught me about that, but I watched him live that very subject. He was so focused on it. And if you were over at his house and you were having a meal, and they would, they'd all sit around this huge table. He had a large family. They'd all sit around this huge table and be... Uh, be eating and they'd have this beautiful plate of food there and his plate at the end of the meal would almost be completely full still his whole plate would still be full of food because he'd only taken a couple of bites because he was so interested in you and your family and Mm. your children and what you're doing and focusing on specific practical discipleship and loving you. Mm-hmm. And so many times that his wife would have to cover his food and set it aside wow. for him to eat it later. Yeah. And then if you're at a church fellowship, uh, which sometimes we call Baptist belly bellyship, right? Mm. Or we're more focused on our belly than the fellowship. Yeah. And you're first in line and the fellowship is down the down the line, mm-hmm. uh, bottom of the list. But so many times his wife would have to make him a plate and save it for him for later because she knew that he was not going to sit down and eat it because there were people there that he could be impacting for the cause of Christ. So I consider that that it's it's yes, it's lost people, but it's also just people in Correct. general and yeah. keeping it keeping it our focus. And you know, it, it calls to mind, um, and it's, it's a little bit of a side trail, but I think it's relevant to some degree. Uh, Mary and Martha. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, it's good. Mary chose that, which is good. Yep. And um, you chose the better option. Whereas Martha was doing something, but she was and she was occupied with relatively good things, relatively compared to, you know, doing nothing, but not relatively compared to sitting at the feet of Jesus. And it kind of reminds me of, you know, we have church, right? Right. We have church, whatever that means. We meet as a church and we fellowship and we spend time together. And yeah, dishes need to be done after the meal. And sometimes we lose a couple in the afternoon meeting because of that. And I almost want to say, I'd rather the dishes get old and crusty and i got to scrub them for an hour. Absolutely. If that means you can be up here. Yes. And I have, yeah. I have found that there are plenty of people who volunteer to serve. And I say they're really quick to volunteer to not be a part mm. of the meeting. They really want to work nursery. Or they really want to go downstairs and prepare the food. So I just talked about it just recently on Sunday. And I, I'm glad we get to eat. But... It's really supposed to be, I didn't say it this eloquently, unfortunately, but it's really supposed to be a together thing. If we are eating together and spending time with the Word of God together and cleaning together, let's do everything together instead of splintering. And so I find that as a pastor, uh, well, I think a great example is throw myself under the bus on Sunday. I needed to get the washer dryer and move to the parsonage. We just finished the parsonage, just moved in after a few mm-hmm. years of living in the basement. We're very yeah. thankful for that. Yeah. But I can't do it alone. Right. So I needed some guys to help me. So basically, it took us about 30, 45 minutes to move these things over to the parsonage. And I missed the meal. I missed sitting down and fellowshipping because it was the only time I could get it done. Mm. Was it practical? Yes. Was it pragmatic? Yes. And I think I chose Martha rather than Mary on Sunday because mm. I didn't get an opportunity to bond with my people. Yeah. And on that, keeping the main thing the main thing, as a pastor, I have more than just one main thing. I have a lot of people in my church. I have a lot of main things. And their names are Susan, Ralph, Tim, Steve. Mm -hmm. And sometimes when we sit at the same table, like Peter sat at the table of the Jews, we sit at the table of the people with whom we have the most in common, and we leave off some people. And I've noticed, Michael, that person's been sitting there 
with his family at a table with just his family for the last eight weeks in a row. Mm. So this Sunday, by God's grace, if I say by God's grace, way to throw him under the bus if it doesn't happen, right? <laughs> if the Lord wills, how about wow. he does will, how about I just set an alarm and discipline myself to do it? Yeah. Um, go sit with that family. Sure. And say, yeah, I may have more immediately in common, and I don't expect to, oh, I sat with this person, and I found we have a lot more in common than we thought. We don't have to have anything in no. common. We have Christ in common. That's yeah. right. Yep. And so keeping the main thing the main thing means that I keep all of my people the main thing and not mm-hmm. just and never on purpose. Uh, uh, far be it from me to even – I don't want to associate with pastors who on purpose pick favorites. That's, that's repulsive, repugnant, and, and morally reprehensible. However – and Paul would have stood withstood those people to the face. Wow. But I think sometimes, accidentally, we do it. Yep. We have people that serve more, people that are louder, people that even squeaky wheels that get the grease. Mm-hmm. And the silent warriors who just come every night and every day and just come to worship and are faithful, they need our attention too. Mm-hmm. You know, as you talk about people and, and investing in the lives of people, Mike you know, and Jerem, both of both of you, I remember a conversation I had with someone about about working with people and he spoke and noted that he spoke from an experience, you know, from years of experience in the management field. Mm. And as we're discussing, you know, an issue that we're trying to work through together, I said, you know, there's a difference between managing people and pastoring people. Yeah. So when you manage people, you're building a bottom line. You know, you're in the corporate world, and as you manage people, if they don't contribute to the bottom line, you can just fire them, them and find someone else. Cut them, yep. When you're pastoring people, you're not building a bottom line. You're building people. Yeah. And as you're building people, sometimes they do represent a negative balance. Oh, yeah. But you're still trying to trying to shepherd them yes as jesus shepherded us when we were a negative balance right when we were foolish and when we were backward and he worked with us and so but you can't do that unless you are sold out to the notion that that the law all the law is that we should love the lord our god with our heart soul mind strength um and the second is like unto we should love our neighbor as yeah. ourselves. Yeah. And that means that your the people that we pastor, they are our neighbors. And we are to love them. Mm-hmm. And we are to invest them and disciple them. Not manage them. You know right. what I mean? Not right. manage them. But right. build them. Invest. Yep. Yeah. And it doesn't come without personal sacrifice. It doesn't. Sometimes they burn you. Sometimes they stab <laughs> you in the back. Oh, my goodness. Clean yeah. the blade off. That's my topic for to next you. time we record. Stabbing people in the back? No, being stabbed. <laughs> okay. Being stabbed. Hopefully Good. not the old etou brute. But, uh, I don't know what etou brute is, but it sounds tasty. Is that like the faux pas type of thing? What, Jaren? Is that like the faux pas, faux pas thing? No, I thought you were. I thought you were onto something. No, etou brute <laughs> is a way in which you cook a ham, <laughs> right? Etou brute, you too, Brutus. Etou brute. Okay, when so we, it's Latin. When Caesar was stabbed, oh. it's Latin. You too, Brutus. Did I correctly guess Shakespeare that, Michael? Shakespeare people. Oh, sorry. Sorry. So it's he English. Was dark man. <laughs> Read your Bible. Oh, Bill Shakespeare. <laughs> Read your Bible. I actually have never read a full uh, Shakespeare play. We once in New York went to, wasn't in Zambia. It was actually in New York. Went to uh, Shakespeare in the Park. 
And it was just a really fun uh, Shakespeare play. And I thought, wow, I feel cultured now. And I did. I felt very cultured for a solid day after that. It was probably heavily abridged. Heavily abridged. Yeah. To wit, one of the... Um, oh, I'm getting Shakespearean. <laughs> I'm getting Shakespearean. Hey, that's, yeah. that's, to wit, I've been saying that a lot lately, actually. Yeah. To wit, and also mayhaps. So to wit, like um, one of the... Is it a playwright or an actor? One of the actors literally jumped into the lap of one of the... Uh, audience, uh, theater goers, congregants, congregants. I almost <laughs> said congregants, but I didn't want to say congregants. Um, one of the people that was congressing there in the park, um, they congress. Congress means to come together. They were congressing. Well, anyways, well they were there, and uh, and and he jumped right in their lap and continued on the play. And I thought that was so. I felt I felt quite cultured. It's good, man. Yeah, it's good. good. Yep. Well. <laughs> <laughs> anyways anyway <laughs> yeah you guys are so on that on keeping the main thing the main thing yeah boy right let's go back to people. where we were people we have to edit something at people. some point along but the teach line. your but, we'll but teach the producer i don't want to say your people but teach the people that are coming to also likewise focus on people and it's you you must you must do that by your example you must do that from the teaching of the word of god because it's it's in the Bible, obviously, but you you teach them to do the same thing, and it almost it almost seems I know that like you know the the, the sign that says you know soul winning fixes everything I, I know that's not <laughs> the, the I know that's not the case yeah, I understand that, right. that but it is true that if you're more focused on people and their needs and and their issues or even the condition of their soul then it it is going to help shape your conversation it is going to help yeah. shape the way that you live yeah and, and there might be some things that that aren't as big of a deal that that god takes care of mm-hmm. as you begin to focus on on souls and so uh, teach, teach people to also be focused and and there might be growth that happens at a quicker rate than what they would expect yeah you know maybe another way to express that idea you know some people would say soul winning fixes everything Maybe a, a better way would be, and this is how I've heard it, how I've expressed it to our church, to be inwardly focused is natural, yeah, but yeah. to be outwardly focused is divine. Right. And that is not original to me. That's a quote. Um, I can't remember who. Was it Shakespeare? It's from. It's not Shakespeare. <laughs> I should give it the proper attribution in the ben future. Franklin. But yeah, to be outwardly focused, that's what God, yeah. that's, that's what God did. Yeah. And that's how we are to live also. How then shall we live? We'll focus on others. Yeah. Um, and you know th- that principle. You know, bear ye one another's burdens, and what? So fulfill so the law, law of Christ. So, so at what point, though, does that predicate burnout? At what point do we look and say, you know what? I'm feeling down today. My numbers are low. I'm feeling sad. I'm going to go win a hundred soul. And if that becomes our catch-all remedy, I-, I have seen it with my own eyes. There's a form of ministry that predicates burnout. The pastor says, just go win some more souls. And before you know it, they're gone. Left the church, left the ministry, went down to another church in another ministry. Um, because there is a certain form of, boy, I, I don't know how to put it without listing, you know, churches. It's just a, a machine mentality. It's a, thank you. A like machine the mentality. Is a machine. Like an assembly line, right. bring them in. It'll just make cog, everything better. If a cog isn't working, you swap right, it. Right, a cog right. And the machine goes on. And I, and I can't help but, but fear that at some point, the outward focus mentality, if not properly balanced and uh, 
properly fueled by a genuine passion, Holy Spirit-fueled passion mm-hmm. for souls, can turn into a machine mentality Yeah. to the point when we're so outwardly focused. And again, I'm not against being outwardly focused. We all need to be more outwardly focused. But but to the point when our families suffer, our right. rest life suffers, our, you know, our, our, I just, I don't know what that balance is. It's the simple balance of flying on a plane. What is it that they tell you? They tell you that if there is an issue with the oxygen in the plane. Jump out. No. Oh. No. No. When they drop the mask on first, you put your mask on first so that you're getting air. Because you can't. And there's, I mean, that's maybe a subject for an entire podcast another day. But I think that the principle of the Sabbath still exists. Sure. I think that that we are to have a day of rest every week. And if we don't have a day of rest every week, then we still suffer for it. I still think that the principle of, you know, some would argue that God is three parts. Some, uh, well, you cannot argue that God is, you understand what I'm saying? God is one God in three persons. Sure, absolutely. Man is made in his image, and so man has uh, three parts. I am more of a bipartite view of things. Uh, but there's three parts to a day, mm-hmm. right? There's a part of the day in which we rest, a part of the day in which we work, have our responsibilities, and then a part of the day in which we recreate, mm-hmm. right? There's three parts to that day. If you were only work and rest so you can work and you don't have a part of your day in which you're focused on your family That's good, Jen. or having some kind of, because to, to recreate, to recreate, I'm not talking like, hey, I'm, let's go play six hours of Madden. <laughs> that's not, that's not, quit the video games Madden. out there. Oh. Yeah. Quit Amen. the video games. Amen. Yeah. I, you're, that's a if podcast you're a grown, in all of itself. Uh, if hey, you're a grown man, stop playing video games. I was, I, and I have testimony Sorry. to that. I used to Amen. be the gamer of all gamers, had yeah. every system there was, went in and traded them in. I got over a thousand dollars worth of in-store credit that's incredible and so, uh, what yeah. will you do with that in-store well credit? if somebody asked me that i said well you don't play video games anymore well they sell board games there too so that was nice yeah. and i used it to get a cell phone repaired and i did use it for a nintendo switch uh for my brother okay. um, we i did keep the nintendo switch for the kiddos and so i can and we can do that with my brother nate but playstation xbox and all the other game systems just gone Good. and what's interesting is i expected to have a load of time more than i used to I don't. I don't know what happened, and I'm not right. saying I'm so productive. I'm like the guy on the <laughs> paper towel cover, you know, the lumberjack looking brawny. No, brawny. Yeah. Oh yeah. Anyways, brawny, right. I don't. Know, I just think of him when I think of a productive person. He looks pretty productive. Really? Always on a is. paper towel. He has a beard. Yeah. You you need paper towel? Could you just build right. something? Could you're so busy? Okay, but you don't think of like me when you think of super no. productive. No. I I think there. of Mr. Clean when I think of something that's clean. <laughs> 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 Our producer is saying three minutes, guys. Okay. Three minutes, <laughs> Get okay. through this nonsense. So recreate. Recreate. Yeah, back to that, the without, idea without to waste. recreate. A profitable. To replenish Ooh, yeah, and yeah. refuel yeah. in preparation for work. I like and that. you know what? Your day should always start with a good night's rest. Amen. Because that's the evening and that's, the that's another topic. We're yeah. discovering all sorts of topics yeah. here. I'm writing some down. Keeping yeah. the main thing the main thing. So, Jaron, would you... Word to the wise. Let, let's wrap it up. Wrap with, it up. I mean, to, the, the whole point of it was to stay, to, to focus, to have your passion, to be driven... Uh, by the focusing on the souls of man and then teaching people to be focused. So that's that's the whole point. So where okay. do the wise? All right, ready? Time. Hmm. Time is the word I'm going to go with. I am a person who, were I to live in the woods all by myself, I would be content with that for a very long time. Hmm. But that time would be spent selfishly. Yeah. 
And if you're going to keep the main thing the main thing, you have to spend meaningful time with people. And that means hospitality. Mm -hmm. That means sometimes late nights. That means eating baked beans and hot dogs three nights in a week and spaghetti. And (laughs) it means all those kinds of things. But there you cannot. That means that means learning to play, playing the guitar with someone who's really good at it while you're terrible at it. Just so you can learn how to play a chord a little bit better. That's, you know, time. It is time. And keeping the main thing the main thing, it just it takes time. You can't trade it. Um, you can't cheapen it. It is what it is. Michael? I would say delegate. That's what I've been thinking. Delegate. Yeah, delegate. I said time. And he said delegate. Yeah. Like, oh, since I don't have time, get someone else to do it, right? I think Sorry. we were talking about burnout yeah. and properly managing yeah. time. The way for me to properly manage time is to ask other people to help me mm-hmm. because I want to do everything myself. And if I want to have time for my family and time for proper rest and recreation, delegate. And and time for people. Well, yeah. Because our subject was, keep, well, you know, people. I hope you but my and, and I'm not trying to counterpoint you, but know, clarify myself. My family is people. Sure. That's and they right. are my You're people. Right. I am correct. And I, well, <laughs> again, I wasn't trying to, you know. But I guess is is I have found that I have seen far too many times, especially pastor's kids, missionary's kids, they grow up. And you read 20 years later on some Instagram post, today I'm leaving the faith. I was raised in a strict Christian home and homeschooled. Blah, 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 blah. Maybe if, maybe, maybe, not always, but maybe it could have been prevented by their parents having a deeply personal relationship with them and teaching them that church is more than just a thing you go to and something that happens to you when you sit down, but rather just a, a living organism that's ancient and holy. Mm. So delegate so that you do have time to keep the main thing the main thing there you go very good very good well gentlemen thank you i want to thank you as we wrap up this uh, session here thank you for your time your investment that will bring us to a close on this particular recording of the plant and root podcast we will see you or we won't see you because we're here and you're invisible but you will hear us in the future yeah undisclosed location is what i was thinking as well right right We are in a mountain cave.